0: Hi, this is Angus McLean. I'm a partner in the IP team at Simmons and head of our FinTech practice. We're just sharing a short podcast that we recorded this morning, uh, reacting to the news and events that have been happening over the last 48 hours uh, in relation to Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, I was delighted to be joined on the call by uh, the head of our client insights team, Andy Hartwell and fellow partners, Ross Miller in our Insolvency and Restructuring Practice, Ollie Irons in our Financial Services Regulatory Practice, Kirsty Barnes in our Banking Team, Jen Yi Chan in our Funds Finance Team, Charlotte Starlin, who's the Head of our Financial Institutions Team, and Francis Doherty, who runs our VC Practice from London. We hope you find the podcast useful and please get in touch if you have any other queries and we can help in any other way. Morning, everyone. Thanks for joining. We're just really recalibrating our thoughts, um, having spent a lot of time over the weekend thinking about the implications of the news about Silicon Valley Bank, both in the U.S. and and the U.K. Um, And obviously overnight, we've heard about rescue measures that have been put in place Mm -hmm. for account holders in the U.S. and recent news um about the um purchase of the UK business by HSBC we understand um so this is a good opportunity to just try and touch base and work out where we are having been planning for probably more significant effects um to try and work out where we are so Andy I don't know whether I know you're still assessing what the markets are doing but it'd be great to hear from you as to what you think the market reaction has been and then we can work out what we uh where where we think that the next twenty four hours forty hours are going to go, and what our clients need to think about
1: yeah 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 um uh, yeah absolutely um fascinating market responses, i mean good news clearly that deals have been done to um, sort the immediate situation out on SVB, both sides of the Atlantic. Um, But interestingly enough, the financial market response isn't quite what um, uh, you would have thought. So in the cash markets, the ones that are openly trading um, uh, now, the response in the UK and Europe has still been disappointing to negative. Uh, I'm looking at markets around Europe down either side of two percentage points despite the announcements um, as well. So clearly some continuing cause for concern in the European arena. The futures markets in the US, uh, still not open as we're talking, um, are pointing up. Um, So a better sign of relief over there from their measures, but even those numbers are lower than when the deal was first announced um, late last night, UK time um, as well. So the market response, I think in general, suggests that we're not done yet. We may have got through the immediate problem, but I think the focus for financial markets is clearly shifting to Europe um, as we speak.
0: Thanks, Andy. We'll probably come back to you because obviously next steps will be um, dictated a little bit about how the wider market reacts. But yeah. maybe Ross, I don't know, we're, we're still trying to work out what the, the nature of the HSB tran- transaction is. But have you seen anything that gives us an idea about what that transaction looks like? And we can go from there in terms of the effect that has on, on SVB customers.
2: Sure yeah so I look I, I think from the reports we've seen that HSBC have acquired the business for a pound and on the basis that this has been done you know with with the involvement of the government over the weekend at high speed really to sort of preserve the, the, the businesses of depositors that would otherwise have found themselves potentially cash flow insolvent this morning if the company had gone into liquidation. Um, my assumption is that that the HSBC will have bought the the underlying uk subsidiary and that will sort of be bolted onto the HSBC group and it effectively will be business as usual uh, for the for the borrowers and for the depositors which which I'm sure will come as a, a great relief for the tech industry um, so I, 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 that would be my assumption but obviously the devil will be in the detail and we'll need to see whether that that's brought out in practice and then also the second question will be you know how does that then sort of play going forward in terms of how the business is ultimately wrapped into HSBC's business and whether new accounts need to be set up and things like that. I, I guess you, know, from a from a insolvency perspective, you know, this is a situation where you know the um, the worst has been avoided, which is which is which is always the best result. Um, I guess in terms of lessons learned. My question would be that if I were a a UK corporate right now, and I was looking at SVB and the situation that SVB's depositors found themselves in, would I be happy banking with a bank that is not going to be deemed by the Bank of England to be too good, uh, too big to fail? Um, You know, these businesses were looking at a situation where, through no fault of their own, they would have lost access to all of their money for several months, if not longer. Um, and potentially could have gone into an insolvency process themselves, and you know that I guess will be the one of the lessons learned that people will need to look at is whether you know are they happy with their current banking arrangements. Obviously, SVB was a unique situation, and you know there's no sort of indication at the moment that it's um, this could sort of this is going to have any sort of spread to the wider market. Um, but nonetheless, obviously, it's also something that came out of nowhere. And I guess if you're banking somewhere where you you know, potentially uh, the Bank of England wouldn't intervene, then then you could find yourself in the same situation. And so you're know, going forward Do you say, actually, I prefer to be in a position where um, I am, um, I, I, you know, I'll bank with a, a, a too big to fail bank, but I'll give you security rather than actually sort of, you know, putting all my banking and my my borrowings in the same place.
3: What I think is interesting is that um, the whole uh, raison d'etre of SVB was because um, a lot of the companies that banked with it were pre-revenue or made very small revenues. And so they were basically dependent on raising finance, depositing the finance with SVB and then using that runway to fund to fund their business. Um, they were unattractive, I think, at the outset of SVB's life to bigger banks, and that's why it kind of uh, achieved market dominance within the venture-backed community. So I think it's interesting how bigger banks will react to this, whether or not they will be interested in banking these these customers.
0: Yeah, well, maybe it creates an opportunity, well, people perceive it as a, an opportunity for um uh, for some more competition. Ollie, I know you've been thinking hard over the weekend with the rest of the regulatory team about what actually, what it would have meant for depositors. Um, and I know hopefully the worst has been avoided, but maybe it's worth just sharing, to Ross's point, some of the learnings about what would have happened to, um, to clients of SVB UK who had money on accounts. Sure, I mean, we did quite a lot of thinking about it, as you said, so, you know, people were coming you know, very concerned about the position that they were in, um, not just from a sort of you know, financial position in terms of how they're going to pay their staff, but also in terms of how they were going to meet their regulatory capital and um, ongoing liquidity and financial resources um, requirements with the FCA. So, like I say, a huge sigh of relief this morning, I think, to know that it's covered. But it has thrown up issues around things like FSCS protection. I mean... You know, a lot of the initial guidance that was coming out made it clear that I don't think people had a proper grasp of exactly who was covered by FSCS on the corporate side. So that's something that I think people will start to look at with a bit more uh, interest going forward. Um, Yeah, thanks, Holly. So, uh, and, and obviously that will impact, you know, how the market reacts in terms of who they're banking with, to Ross's point. Kirsty and Jenny, you've spent all weekend trying to work out what it means to, um, to to borrowers from SVB and and also funds that have used SVB for their financing arrangements. Obviously, we need to rethink that slightly as well, hopefully and and thankfully. Kirsty, what are your thoughts maybe about things that borrowers from SVB need to be thinking about over the next 24, 48 hours? I know you don't haven't had much time to react <laughs> to that question, but yeah
3: um i think in terms of where we are the news is great as ross says um looking at what um the the press is saying at the moment around hsbc acquiring silicon valley um as a unit um it should mean business as usual however it's really a question i think at the moment of wait and see how the support for hsbc will translate into SVB actually continuing to be able to carry on business as usual in particular in relation to borrowers needing to access additional borrowings under their say revolving credit facilities um, whilst the news seems to imply that those funds will be available it will be interesting to see over the next 24-48 hours how that plays out.
0: And Jen Yi, what about you from a fund finance perspective?
4: Yeah, thanks Angus. I'd agree with with all of that and I and I anticipate that um a, a number of our fund clients who have banking relationships with um, SVB will be reaching out to their uh, relationship bankers to ask exactly those questions. I think some um, some queries came up over the weekend, in in particular in the context of fund financing um, from from funds as well as investors in the funds in the context of paying into an S V B account. Um, because as is uh, usual in some types of fund finance facilities, there is a requirement that the investor commitments are paid into an account. Um, you know, with with S V B in this case, which is charged to SVB. And um, the, 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 there were questions around, you know, that obligation on the one hand to do that versus the uh, fast evolving situation. So I suspect this is something the market will continue to, to look at in terms of lessons learned going forwards.
0: Thanks, Jenny. I don't know whether anyone else has got any thoughts. I and mean, obviously, we we still wait to see exactly what the Fed package in the US um looks like um and and certainly the next 24 hours will will impact um our assessment of that um charlotte Stalin's on the line the head of our financial institution sector group as well and, and obviously there are implications to the wider sector and banking sector what are your thoughts
3: yeah now I, d- I just wanted to me- mention the kind of point of resilience because that's a word that's been used quite heavily in post-brexit post-covid uh, you know, post-financial crisis environment and the fact that how resilient the bank and the FI kind of industry has been. But I think it's very interesting to see that, albeit within this resilience, there's always been exemptions made to some of the capital requirements within a particular subsector in the US and how quickly uh, we get a domino effect of this kind. So I think obviously we have to wait and see uh, what's next? But I do think that that kind of point us to, you know, resilience is is an interesting one. Um, Angus,
0: um, Andy, thanks, Charlotte. Uh, Andy, I know you've been giving some thought to uh, what the wide, what some of the wider market implications <laughs> might be. But also, um, you made some really interesting points over the weekend about um, maybe the regulatory reaction, particularly in the US after yeah. some of the relaxation that happened under the Trump administration. Have you got any thoughts about how that may play out?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, I think, it should, should looking further ahead now, I think one thing that, a couple of things are sort of fairly clear. Number one, that you're going to get, um, as you suggest just there, um, a tighter regulatory scrutiny. And, and I think in particular, um, going back and revisiting the threshold for that scrutiny in the United States, um, which was raised to $250 billion of assets um, uh, under the Trump administration, um, uh, therefore meaning in this particular um, that Silicon Valley Bank escaped the closest of, of scrutiny. Um, from that point of view, so I suspect that they'll be having a look at that very carefully. Um, But on the flip side of tighter uh, regulation towards that greater resilience that Charlotte was just talking about, on the flip side of that uh, uh, tightening um, is likely to be an easing in macroeconomic policy, because I think that we've got um, central bank meetings coming up uh, in the normal course of events over the next few days, uh, we've got fiscal events coming up here in the UK, the budgetary process and so on. I think that this, uh, uh, this experience um, uh, at SVB is going to weigh very heavily with policymakers as well as regulators um, in terms of their tone, absolutely for sure, likely to become a much softer tone in the near term and maybe even in their action, already people talking about a smaller, further increase from the Fed in terms of their interest rates likely to be replicated across in the UK and in the Eurozone as well. So tighter regulatory regime, um, uh, are likely in future softer monetary and fiscal regime.
0: Thanks, Andy. Um, Ross, you must have some other thoughts because I'm sure there's some wider lessons learned from a, a sort of insolvency perspective.
2: Yeah, I think the, the observation I would have is that that this this really just shows that uh, the effect of rising interest rates is going to be something that's going to be just a continuing theme for struggling businesses, you know, in the in the next next year or two. Um, uh, when when interest rates go up, um, it it doesn't create a a kind of cliff edge of of defaults, but what it is is it 's more like a sort of slow tightening of the loose, and so you know you 're seeing something happening in sVB which you know um, began uh, probably more than a year ago and has you know then sort of blown up over a weekend, but that potentially is the sort of thing that we see going forward is that just businesses are needing to adjust to a, a, a new normal, which which, in to my mind is more like the old normal, sort of the pre-global financial crisis position of a sort of more normalised, uh, higher interest rate environment compared to the sort of abnormal environment that we've, we've had for the previous sort of 15 years or so. Um, and the reality is, is that, you know, we, we're in a society where, you know, there's a high amount of debt that's been accumulated during that 15 year period and servicing that debt and dealing with the, the ramifications of uh, higher interest rates are you know is going to be a problem that businesses face as they adjust to that that new old normal if you like um so I, I think'll we'll sort of you, that that continues to be a theme and and will be a challenge for businesses as they look to sort of to, to refinance and manage their liquidity over the next 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 couple of years.
0: Yeah, and ironic that we we've spent a long time thinking about how the effect of, of those pressures on our clients, and and it's sort of been catalysed by the pressures on the bank that supports those clients. I guess, Andy, you were going to say something.
1: Sorry, I was just. Uh, forgive me, Angus. Yeah, I was just going to jump in on the back of um, uh, Ross's remark. Absolutely right. New gener, a new old no normal um, uh, coming back into view with higher interest rates, and it was one of the risk factors that we identified in our year ahead for 2023 uh, publication and suite of podcasts um, to anticipate this year was the rising interest rates and inverting yield curves um, presenting challenges for funds as well but one other little vignette that um, popped up in terms of uh, the new new normal um, and the response of banks to this world uh, as well um, something which popped up over the weekend which I thought was very significant uh, potentially was that uh, from a former regulator in the United States pointing to the role of social media now in banking and the need, as, as, as he saw it, for a social media risk um, assessment to be included in a bank's uh, normal risk uh, assessments, simply to recognise the speed with which um contagion can spread in the banking sector or indeed in any other sector as well and as events unfolded last week um at uh silicon valley bank um it really did you know bring the bank uh to its knees within a matter of hours um if not just a short number of days as well so watch that space for the use of social media and uh, companies banks and otherwise Needing to really uh, look at their resilience in the light of the use of social media to spread news, good or bad.
0: I think that falls into the bucket of new, new normal. If, if I'm <laughs> if I'm following the different buckets correctly, but anyway, that's a really good point. Um, Fran, I know you've been fielding calls literally every second for the last forty hours from clients in in, in your space, so um, fast growth businesses and investors in those fast growth businesses I think hopefully everyone's breathing a huge sigh of relief that we weren't expecting necessarily even a few hours ago um, it looks like that certainly if we look at the UK response the UK response says a lot about the importance of the tech sector in the UK to policymakers and regulators have you got any thoughts about the sort of the, the wider implications for the tech scene in the UK
3: yeah I mean I think uh, what Uh, is clear is that it's a major plank of the Conservative government's um, uh, policy making and as I understand it is going to form a major part of the budget on Wednesday as well so they had to support uh, all of these companies uh, for uh, through this period and as you're as you're Uh, correctly saying I've spent the whole weekend really dealing with a lot of anxiety. I think what's really clear is what uh, an interdependent ecosystem the tech sector is. In the UK, about 40% of tech startups and growth companies actually had some kind of account uh, with SVB. And so uh, it and the breathtaking speed with which everything kind of came to a head on Friday night was extraordinary. Um, in terms of impact on VC, well, VC uh, fundraisers have been slightly down as against last year, uh, as against last year, 2022. So. It's interest. It will be interesting to see how things will progress uh, in the light of this. I think everyone's just dealing with the shock at the moment, uh, but there is dry powder in terms of fundraising um, in the UK and uh, really good companies are still finding it. Relatively easy to raise. Where it might be a bit more difficult is for very early stage companies now, and I think that uh, what's happened at SVB will have an impact on that, a further impact on that. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a watching brief at the moment from me.
0: Yeah, good. Well, hopefully some um, lower pulse rates with your clients now, which is excellent news. And um, yeah, I mean clearly it's it's a it's it's a huge endorsement for the UK's focus on tech, fast growth, um, fintech, and and also I guess support for the, the the financial services sector generally. So we can take a lot of comfort from that. And who knows, it could it could turn out to be a virtue and a a benefit given. The reaction and um, obviously we need to see lots of the detail both here in, in, in the US and, and elsewhere as well uh, but thanks so much for, for all your input over the weekend um, I think some of the materials thankfully that we've been preparing and have put out on the website may need to be taken down or certainly updated um, but I guess we we need to keep uh, an eye on things and we'll be updating the market over the next few days as things become a bit clearer so thanks for joining.